On this episode of Doctor Who's That, we do not have a cold open. Welcome to a very special episode of Doctor Who's That. This is going to be a bit different than what we've usually done, since instead of talking about an episode today, we're going to be doing a wrap-up of Season 1. I am Sean Gleason, your Doctor Who expert. Joining me is Andy. Hi, I'm Andy, and I'm the dumb one. Um, and a modern Doctor Who fan. And also Bay. Bay here. I'm the dumberer one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure by now you know what's going on, but before this, Bay had seen very little Doctor Who. Now he's seen a bit more Doctor Who. You've probably seen some more First Doctor episodes than quite a few people who might be listening to this. Oh, yeah, I imagine that they're probably, uh, the majority of listeners may only be familiar with the later seasons. Yeah, that's been my experience, too. I've been asking around, you know, friends like, hey, you know, I'm doing this Doctor Who thing. Um, Have you guys ever seen any of the older episodes? And it's very rare. Almost nobody has. It'll be like, oh, yeah, the black and white, whatever. I No. And I imagine we've probably seen a lot more reconstructions than most people, too. Yeah, and some darn fine ones, too. And some darn funny ones, like that crazy um, episode of Marco Polo you had found. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what we'll be doing is I'll ask the two of you some questions, and then at the end, we'll sort of each give our rankings of the eight episodes of this season, because I always love a good top whatever list. So the first thing that I'd like to ask the two of you is um, how does the show compare so far to what you expected going into it? What kind of expectations did you have coming into this project? And how is uh, the show stacking up against that? I'll take that first. So my experience with uh, Doctor Who growing up, I remember a lot of time spent in like my grandfather's living room And occasionally, you know, he'd be sitting there with his like ever-present Dr. Pepper and watching Tom Baker. And all I remember, mostly mostly what I remember from that time is just thinking like, who is that insane man and his insane scarf? Like, what's going on? Like, it always had kind of a special hook into my heart, I guess you could say. Like, I I knew that there was this um, series called Doctor Who and it sounded like, crazy and weird but i didn't know anything about it and then you know i came across the theme song a couple of times um in various different i'm going to date myself here unlike some uh mod files and that i found on a bbs (laughs) and i thought it was really cool (laughs) um and i didn't understand like any of the samples or anything like that but i remember when the movie came on 
and I was just thrilled. Uh, it looked so like like it was going to be so cool. And of course, there's this like dashing uh, British guy in the lead, and that kind of set my my hopes. So you know, I was very excited when the modern series came back. But always those memories were there of that like goofy guy on the television and all the science fiction from that era. And so honestly, I didn't know what to expect coming into it. I I kind of thought that I was going to be disappointed, to be honest. I thought it was the, the production values were going to be laughably low, <laughs> um, which in, indeed they may have been <laughs> in actuality. But like, um, I have to say I was very pleasantly surprised by this. They're, m- most of them are quite watchable um, if you you know, come into it with the right attitude. Like if you're expecting the kind of tour de force that you would get from like the new who, some of the new who episodes, I think maybe you'll be disappointed. But if you're just expecting some interesting stories and you go into it with an open mind, I think you're going to have a lot of fun. Plus it's really neat to watch it kind of slowly develop into the series we know today. Definitely. Definitely. Bay, what about you? Uh, yeah, so I, I just want to echo what Andy was saying about production values. I did think that uh, from what I knew of Doctor Who going in, um, you know, I'd heard about line flubs and uh, maybe a bad backdrop or, or uh, kind of cheesy special, special effects. So I was very pleasantly surprised by the production values um, and some of the techniques in these episodes. There's also a lot of love and care that the fan base has put into restoring some of these. I didn't know about the reconstructions going in. And so that was like a very interesting part of the subculture to me too. When it comes to kind of um, preconceived notions or or my background and experience, um, it was a little different than Andy's. I had heard of Doctor Who, I guess, from here in the the in in our area where I grew up. I mean, I grew up a little ways down the road from here, and uh, we had WETA, this um, public broadcasting channel. They had a fair amount of British television um, that they rebroadcast here in the states. Are you being served? Um, <laughs> things, things like that. But they also had some sci-fi. And to be honest with you, I hadn't since I hadn't seen any Doctor Who and didn't really know very much about it. I kind of got it confused way back in the day with Red Dwarf, which was one of the other <laughs> things that they offered. So at any rate, uh, knowing that this was a long-standing series. When it regained popularity a while ago, I guess it was in the last decade or so, um, I was kind of surprised because I thought that, you know, it had been off the air or, or something like that. So I didn't really have a lot coming in, uh, except, you know, I knew of the TARDIS. I knew that there was a main character who was occasionally swapped out for, uh, you know, a different actor. I knew a little bit of the lore just uh, from being around Tom and Sean, (laughs) but not a whole lot. I mean, um, I picked up a little bit through osmosis. You also have a companions thing that I didn't know 
uh, very much about a lot of uh, people had made a lot out of the companion. So I understand that uh, we'll be having more humans joining the Doctor in, in future seasons. And exactly how people switch in and, and out, I don't quite know. But uh, why even mention that? I, I understand, you know, like there's a whole regeneration thing that I don't fully comprehend either. So. <laughs> it just amazes me that you have remained like with the people that I know for a fact that you associate with and with as like culturally literate as you are, at least insofar as like geek culture, it just amazes me that you have like managed to remain, you know, virtually unscathed. It's, it reminds me of that like article, there's some article I read a while back where they were like trying to find somebody on the planet who wasn't familiar with Star Wars at all, like didn't know anything <laughs> about it. And like they had a really hard time, like they would go to like monasteries and stuff and the monks would be like, oh yeah, isn't that the one with like the swords that glow? And they're like, damn it, you know, like they couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't find anybody that didn't know about it. So that just, that amazes me. At a certain point, it was also like, okay, I know that there are years and years and years of a catalog here. I'm I'm kind of a completionist when it comes to like music <laughs> and games and television and that sort of thing. So if I start with something, I want to start with the first of it and work all the way through. So when I heard about this project, I thought it was a really interesting one. Uh, and of course, when you start in with the project, there's this um, temptation to kind of like find out everything that you can and go quickly. So I think one of the things about this particular project, this podcast uh, that's been challenging is not to jump ahead mm -hmm. because I mean, like there's some really interesting stuff that I know for a fact is going on right now. Right. And if I spoil myself, I'm probably going to kick myself. Talking about jumping ahead, one thing that I was I wanted to mention real quick before we move on uh, is uh, regarding like special effects and stuff, and and my expectation of how hokey it would be. Like I don't feel like we're out of the woods yet because like <laughs> this series, this this first series, from the very little experience I have with the rest of Classic Who, which is of course very very little, I th I feel like it's almost like a completely different show, and like. So I, the one thing I will cop to is I did watch a YouTube video the other day of just all the intros, like all of the theme intros. And like, as we get into the later seasons, oh my God, did they get bad. So like, I'm just, uh, <laughs> yeah, some of them, uh, I feel like we're in for it. You know, it's like, we're not out of the woods. Well, I almost wonder if some of the reputation they, that this particular program has for some of the, the cheesiness factor and the bad special effects and that sort of thing in these old episodes they were working with so much less that sometimes when you have a hammer everything looks like a nail you know like yeah. when you when you have a large budget and can do whatever you want you don't have to make some of the interesting compromises you don't have to be as imaginative if you could just like I don't know, uh, jumping jumping way ahead, use CG and solve all your problems with computer graphics right. and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's some of the charges that have been leveled against George Lucas and, and that sort of thing. He, he was more imaginative when he had to use model car parts to sure. make a lightsaber or a, you know, Star Destroyer. TM, TM, TM. It's a... Um 
key truth to life and everything that practical effects are always superior to CGI. Always. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but in, and certainly in this case, they, they definitely seem to be. Um, yeah, it, like you say, it's everything looks like a nail after all. And they like during the early days, especially when I want to say like devices like the video toaster and um, early CGI stuff became more easily available. People just went completely nuts with it. So, yeah. We'll, we'll get to some um, interesting effects and decisions as we go along, just like we've already seen some. But, um, yeah, they're definitely dealing with a tiny budget. <laughs> and they do so throughout pretty much the entirety of the classic series. Mm -hmm. So um, I just want to see what you guys think of our characters so far. Like how does, um, say, the character of the Doctor fit to <laughs> anything that you might have oh, known or heard about him before? And what do you think of our companions? So for the Doctor, I, I admit when... So I'm sorry, this is... Um, something you're not going to be familiar with, Bay, but the, the one of the more recent doctors, uh, Peter Capaldi, when he first came on, I saw a lot of people talking about how he was in many ways like a return to the kind of first doctor kind of aloof alienness. And so I kind of was coming into it with an expectation of something like that, of him being relatively different to the others that I was familiar with. But you know, it was, a, it was certainly a shock to me at first because, you know, in the beginning of the series, they didn't really, they had an idea, but they didn't really know what it was going to become. And I found it a little jarring that the initial kind of portrayal of the doctor is kind of a, you know, weird jerk spaceman, but he develops pretty quickly into like somebody who is recognizably um, the doctor, you know, as an archetype. Somebody who, say, wouldn't bash in a caveman's skull with a right. rock. <laughs> right. I mean, early on, he's he definitely is like a man of his time, um, or at least the, the expectation of an old smart man of his time. But watching him kind of develop, like I say, relatively quickly into the doctor that we all, um, well, not quite the doctor that we all know and love, but certainly somebody who's very close to it, I thought was pretty cool. And his his you know despite his many difficulties remembering his lines <laughs> there's a lot of really nuanced and excellent you know acting from him and i'm i'm going to miss him when he's gone are you implying that modern the modern doctor is not just going to drop some casual racism no yeah <laughs> there's not i mean i'm sure that some of that will continue <laughs> but yeah no i would i i Recently, had re listened to our um, our episode for an unearthly child, and something about the savage mind jumped back. Out yeah. Um, oh right. The the doctor as as so I didn't really know very much about the character of the doctor going into this. I assumed whimsy, uh, just based on cosplay <laughs> I had I had seen or you know catchphrases that I might have like heard in passing and stuff oh. like a kind of like fun whimsical I don't want to say like twee exactly but I know that it appeals to a very particular sort of, of fan 
uh, I'm thinking of folks who would be like, <laughs> "What are um, you saying, man?" <laughs> I'm the kind of fan who say would go to people's weddings dressed as a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. That happened to me. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tom showed up. <laughs> no, I, but I have, uh, I have to ask real quick: which doctor? Uh, it it was one of the more you know sensible David Tennant style fair enough suits. So you know, no, it, it, he he looked good. He looked good. Yeah, he, I haven't heard of him showing up to a wedding in a Sixth Doctor costume, though I can see it happening. Is he the one with the scarf? <laughs> no, the Sixth Doctor is the one with the multicolored monstrous clown costume. Oh, yeah. nice! The one who looks like. <laughs> Like the Riddler on drugs. <laughs> the one who looks... <laughs> the one who looks remarkably similar to Tom. Yes, that's true. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've seen the picture, so... Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, when it when it comes to the Doctor, though, I uh, expected someone a little bit more whimsical. Hartnell certainly is a crotchety old man. Yes. And... Honestly, not that likable. I mean, the the show is is entitled Doctor Who, but I was surprised about how little he influences the plot at times, especially in those early episodes. Oh, uh, they yeah. seemed uh, pretty based around Susan or Ian or Barbara. You know, he shares a lot of the limelight with the other characters, which I wasn't expecting. I also wasn't expecting... As many companions, I understood that the doctor usually traveled with another person. And when I say person, I mean uh, earthling, human. I did not expect Susan uh, because I did not know that there were other beings like the doctor. Um, and I did not expect two additional characters. So it was... Uh, it's it's all new to me. It's, it was very interesting. At various times, it could be anywhere from our, you know, one companion to uh, three. So it, it varies. can get pretty crowded in that TARDIS. Yep, there have definitely been some crowded TARDIS eras. All right, so what about, uh, you mentioned Susan, so let's jump to her next. What What do we think of Susan? I had no idea she was going to be in the show. I I think it sets up an interesting dynamic uh, to have someone related to the doctor that cares for him and he cares for her. Even as crotchety as he can be and kind of like cantankerous and whatnot. Um, and even when I thought he didn't care about our human companions, he always seemed to care about susan so mm -hmm. it's kind of a nice touchstone susan despite being i'll just say alien um is a lot more of a 1960s teenage girl uh yeah. than i kind of expected uh her to play it yeah. and maybe that's just the writing but so i knew from reading i guess that there was a like early um, granddaughter type character, which of course, to me, coming in as a modern fan and somebody who's mildly familiar with the series, 
sounded very strange. Um, I'm interested to see uh, what like becomes of her, like whether or not she like disappears or, or just, you know, like there's some sort of plot element to, you know, segue her off the show because, you know, obviously there's at some point in the future, I don't know when I haven't looked ahead, there will be a second doctor. And it's like, is like Susan going to be around by that time? Like, how are they going to handle it? Is it just going to be silent? I don't know. Um, I found myself, like you say, she was very much a typical teenager of the era, as far as I know. And I kept actually forgetting that she was, you know, an alien, even though she was calling him grandfather, like the whole time I kept forgetting, like she's actually not supposed to be a human. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, it. it's like that first episode, you really get this sense of Susan as the unearthly child. Right. <laughs> And that kind of vanishes every time she screams as the show moves forward. And she really just starts, I don't know, she she always just starts to become your typical, you know, screaming girl type character that you'd ex- that you'd think that you'd see in a show from this time period. I, I halfway wonder if they didn't kind of intentionally make her more of a typical teenage girl character as a kind of an audience surrogate. You know, they started putting Robin into, uh, you know, detective comics uh, with Batman because they sold more when you had, you know, a kid that that young people could project onto uh, solving mysteries and fighting crime alongside Batman. So Mm. I... I almost wonder if it's not, you know, like the writers saying, okay, we need a surrogate for all of these children who are watching and learning how to, oh, see, I almost jumped ahead there, learning how to like blow up spray cans and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little sneak preview of the season two. Oh, yeah. Yes, we didn't watch Planet of Giants yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, I will say... That since that was originally conceived as part of the first season, I don't feel too bad about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Andy, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, no. Susan? I mean, I think um, I think I, there were, like I said, there's a handful of times when they certainly try to remind you that she's an alien. Um, Like she'll have some kind of sudden insight or she'll talk about prior journeys that they've taken. But like, I still, for whatever reason. Or she'll suddenly become psychic. Right, right, right. (laughs) Well, was like, I didn't even like, even then, and maybe this is just because I'm thick. uh, Even then (laughs) I was just like, well, you know, they're, they've realized that they've gone a little bit before making Susan. Like I actually liked the psychic thing because it gave her something to do. Like there, it gave her something special to be instead of just like a, something that kidnappings orbited around. Yeah. All right. Well then let's move on to uh, Ian. Can I, I, well, I just wanted to say one more thing if I could um, about Susan that, I almost feel like it could have been a very different show. Like just her presence there. It's easy to look back and say, this is how the show was always going to be the way that it is right now. But her being there, you know, like you can imagine a different future for the show almost, you know, like these two aliens just rocking out 
through <laughs> through time and space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I like I said before, I'm very very interested to see like what becomes of her and like what her transition off of the show looks like, if anything. Like, I'd be very surprised if anybody, um, especially her, uh, got Tasha Yard. <laughs> Just kind of like killed off randomly. I mean, if I recall correctly, she just goes up the stairs one day and never. T- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would be so bad. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I'm, if I'm going to make a prediction, like it's just going to be like one episode. She's just not going to be there. That's my prediction. So we'll see. Oh dang. Yeah. I, I my prediction for what happens to Susan is that when Ian and Barbara finally get back to the '60s, she's like, I'm going to stay here. Ooh, interesting. All right, let's see who's right. Let's move on and talk about Ian. What do you all think about Captain Sweater? <sighs> so, Andy, what do you think about uh, <laughs> about Ian? Oh, Ian. Um, man, I think he kind of grew on me. Um, I found him to be kind of, I don't know, boring and uninspired at first. You know, he's just kind of like, the the requisite man that they felt like they needed you know the super action man right you know he's always yeah it's so weird because like you know you've got this guy saying all these serious things and doing all these like serious actions and and getting into fights and stuff and he's still (laughs) wearing that stupid outfit like the whole time like (laughs) i could just like i always like there's this image in my head of um oh which episode was that was that the what the Daleks, yeah, with uh, Manfredicus, right? Yes. Um, and, like, it's, like, him, like, leaning over the edge, and, and there's this very dramatic scene, and he's, like, trying not to let the guy fall or something like that, and he's still wearing that stupid sweater, <laughs> and I couldn't take my eyes off it. I'm like, this is so stupid. <laughs> um, but he develops well enough. Um, he, he's certainly... Um, more of a badass than I certainly expected him to be. I mean, even as a, is he a PE teacher? I forget. Is he, what what was he? He's a science teacher. He's a science science teacher. teacher. Right, right, right. Yeah. Remember how much he dorks out with, uh, with the doctor over, over uh, all of these. There, there are several points where they save the day through science. Um, and he's, he's usually geeking out. I could imagine the days when, you know, the show was about teaching kids about history and proper hygiene and exercise. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just really thick. But, like, I kept forgetting that he was a science teacher. And every once in a while, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. He is. Like, I just forgot just now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he, the act, he's, he's a good actor. But, yeah, he's not my favorite character, I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, I could see how it's easy to forget that he's the science teacher when 90% of his role is, you know, to get into the fights Julian. and do the physical stuff. So, Bay, <laughs> what, what do you have to say about, uh, about Ian? Ian and Barbara are, are really the core to me. I mean, I know that it's the show is Doctor Who, right? But this, this center of the show, uh, to me, seems to be... Barbara and Ian, uh, they drive a lot of stuff. Um, I find them really interesting. I'm, I'm interested in seeing what the show looks like without them because they seem so central right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they have been developing the Doctor. They've been developing Susan. And 
I think that they've laid good groundwork. Uh, but it should be interesting when when they're no longer the companions, as I assume they will one day no longer be. You don't think that 90-year-old Ian is still running around the TARDIS with the Doctor? I, I <laughs> would bet against it. He's not going to judo-chop any any Daleks or, you know, sensorites uh, anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like I say, even though he's not my favorite character, I'm definitely going to miss him when he's gone. Uh, especially since they've certainly started to develop the, and I would like to say real quick that I, I, first of all, kudos to them for not at least yet making any kind of like major romantic subplot about Ian and Barbara. Like I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, And also the character development was a lot more kind of gradual and subtle with at least like team cohesiveness than I was expecting. Um, it really, it, you know, they, they really do kind of progress like any, well, hope ideally a group of people would progress kind of stuck together on misadventures. You know, they, they, they've gotten closer, uh, and more, they have more of a group dynamic as the series has progressed so far. So I del- we'll miss him when he's gone. This, this might be a strange thing to say, but he almost, for a British show, he seems almost American. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the, the action star. Um, I don't know. Something, something about his portrayal there, you know, doesn't strike me as particularly British. Yeah, he's not very poncy. Yeah, and and you know, I'm not trying to be stereotypical with any of that. Um Right. Yeah, you know, I used to think that Ian was super British, but recently I've been watching the show Poirot, where you have Hastings, who's the most British British man who ever Britished. <laughs> <laughs> and so in comparison, yeah, I could see that um <laughs> See what you're saying. <laughs> no, I just mean to say that, you know, you've got um, the this cultural idea of, you know, like the stiff upper lip and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, he, he seems to be willing to to jump into the action and, and uh, you know, uh, dress up like a jaguar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to Barbara then. Andy? Do you have any thoughts for us on Barbara? I friggin' love Barbara. Um, <laughs> I think, for, by and large, um, Barbara is like my favorite character. I don't know exactly why. I mean, I love the Doctor, of course, but Barbara is just, you know, there's like a kind of quiet power to her. She's like, she seems to like come up with a lot of smart, clever things. Um, she really shown in like the Aztecs, especially. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I freaking love Barbara, and I will miss the heck out of Barbara when she's gone. I see. Barbara, I like, but I kind of like her to be able to bounce off some of the other characters. And over the course of the show, she is the one I think that's grown on me the most to the point where uh, she's probably my favorite character of the the four recurring characters that we have right now. Um, but I don't know that I would have said that at the very beginning of the show. Mm. She, she's had probably more growth and development, Mm -hmm. uh, than the others. Uh, and I like to see others react to her 
and and I like when the plots are kind of driven by her. When she was absent in the Censorites, it really showed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like when some of the other characters, when Susan and Ian weren't around, it's like, you know, they had their little inserts, but it didn't really, to me, make a huge, huge impact. But when the doctor is not there and when Barbara is not there, you you feel it. Oh, yeah. All right. So um, what about predictions going forward? Is there anything that you expect to see in the coming season now that we're starting on our viewing of season two? Andy? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I've already mentioned, um, I think Susan is like just going to disappear one day. I don't know. Like, I still don't know if what kind of plan they have to get. That's not the best way to get rid of the companions. I mean, like to phase (laughs) them off. Right. Like I, cause I, I can only assume that at least from what I've seen so far um, with perhaps the exception of, of Rose, they typically cycle companions with doctors. So, the looming uh, second doctor transition, whenever that's going to be, I don't know if like that's going to be when they ditch the companions or or what. So I'll be really interested to see that. But I think we're going to see a lot more team kind of cohesion, even the what little bit we've seen already towards the end of the season. I think we're going to see more of that. I think we're going to see hopefully fingers crossed better writing (laughs) i would like to see a return of something that they've mentioned already like that seems to be a very season thing season two thing to do i don't know when the daleks come back or anything like that but i would imagine that there's going to be some kind of callback in this season and it's not going to be like entirely um original and separate but i don't know (laughs) i think we're going to see probably some more threats to the TARDIS that's they've gotten a lot of mileage out of that but it hasn't really been played up too much and certainly more historical episodes oh yeah Bay what about you what kind of predictions do you have Uh, I thought those were pretty good Um, I I did write some down here so I'm just going to run through them I had written down, the first one is, we will get further away from an educational premise, uh, (laughs) for better or for worse. Uh, I've noticed even in uh, recent episodes, there seems to be a little bit less of that ticking of the boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, maybe that's not only the show itself, but maybe the BBC loosening up and, um, and stretching a little bit. Uh, I imagine, and this also seems like a safe bet, that the budget will probably continue to improve, which will lead to better sets, costumes, and adversaries. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, in fact, when you brought up the Daleks, if uh, they don't return when there is a danger of the show getting cut or budgets getting cut or something like that, uh, just to keep that cheddar flowing. <laughs> oh, I wonder... Uh, Oh, yeah. I just wanted to make that reminded me. I wanted to make one more prediction that I was thinking about. Now, I know that you haven't seen them yet, and this is not too much of a spoiler, but like I remember learning at one point that the like the Cybermen, which is an adversary, they're pretty old, too. And I'm I was kind of hoping maybe we get to see them in the second season because they're kind of iconic as well. I have seen a Cyberman (laughs) before, um, and I think 
that may have been one that Shawnee showed that I saw a part of. The Tomb of the Cybermen, I think. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, that's the second Doctor one. Ooh, spoilers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have said broadcasting in color, but I understand that probably won't happen until closer to the 1970s. Mm. I had written down, I think Susan's role will probably diminish further. Uh, we had talked, I think, a little bit about how she was supposed to have a kind of a psychic role. And uh, when that kind of ended after the conclusion of the Censorites, I imagine they probably won't bring that back and maybe slowly phase her off somehow until eventually she's not going to be on the show anymore. Again, this is uh, something that I only know because Shawnee talked about it a little bit, but I think uh, Hartnell's condition will continue to worsen until it just becomes untenable, keeping him on in the leading role. Mm-hmm. I think uh, eventually uh, we'll get new companions and Barbara and Ian will get home. Um, it's either that or they decide to stay somewhere else in space and time. I really doubt that they would kill them off. We'll learn more about the Doctor, his planet, people, and the reason that he travels. At least I hope so. Uh, And I think that the Doctor will slowly become the protagonist rather than a supporting part of an ensemble cast. Oh, good one. Mm. We should should make sure we track all these and watching the next season. Like, (laughs) do in our recap, like, see which ones that came true. Oh, my God. If in season two, episode two, one of the companions just gets murdered, (laughs) (laughs) that would be really upsetting. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's that's a little intimidating. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, I guess we'll move on to our rankings of these eight episodes so what we'll do is we'll start with our number eight ranked episode and you know we'll each reveal our number eight episode discuss anything that we want to discuss about them and we'll move on through them until we get to our top one so i guess i'll go ahead and start my number eight one is reign of terror oh yeah, I ended up putting Reign of Terror down at the bottom. It's okay, but it's definitely really padded out. Yeah. And um <laughs> it has some some pacing issues. <laughs> Sean, I'm gonna laugh so hard if you just put them in numerical order. Yeah. From the first <laughs> to the last. <laughs> oh yeah, that I'm just like, ah, I'm bored with this. <laughs> I'll be honest, that was uh, for a bit there that, I mean, I I actually have a note next to it that it would be my very last episode for that reason. Also because it made me feel super dumb um, (laughs) because of, I, I, I still couldn't figure out who was on the French revolution, who was revolutionizing and who was doing what. Um, But the animation is literally the only reason that's not my last episode because I thought it was so nice. Yeah, the animation is nice. So, Andy, what did you end up putting? You're kind of showing your hand. 
Uh, well, uh, the sensorites. I, I, God, I hated the sensorites so much. Oh wow! Like I, 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 in retrospect, that's surprisingly lower than I thought you would have ranked it. Um, I think it's, I think it's probably for two main reasons. Well, several, but like, like I hated the faces. I hated the stupid sensor faces. <laughs> I couldn't stand. I, I was really peeved that like <laughs> they gave susan powers and i was like yes yeah, susan susan coming into her own and then they're like mm, we're taking them away and i'm like what are you doing that for like just maybe even just hint at maybe the fact that she gets to keep them all right well fine take them away and of course like you mentioned bay uh very little barbara and we all know where my loyalties stand <laughs> so bay what do you have as your number eight so this is not a commentary on how any of this is run. I just want to put that out in front. But I put the keys of Marinus, which I was assigned <laughs> to, to to kind of lead the discussion on. Okay. And right. it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that I was leading the discussion. I actually liked all of the episodes, um, you know, uh, that, that we've watched, all of the serials. The keys of Marinus was just too... I don't know what to say, like kind of haphazard. Slapshod, if we want to use a good British term. It's a collection of too many things. And I didn't feel like it held well together. I liked some things very much. I liked the courtroom drama, but it's narratively it didn't it didn't hold together well enough. It just uh seemed like Let's go around, collect all the MacGuffins, and some of these will be interesting, and some of these will be kind of boring. Yeah, I think the word you're looking for there is nation-esque. Nation-esque. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very nation-esque episode. And of course, don't forget the... the um, oh, God, I forget what they're called. The frogman <laughs> falling into uh, the... The board. Yeah, the oh, board the guy. the board. Yeah. Falling into the pool, remember? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to give it more points for that because I really enjoyed it. The Vord just, you know, throwing themselves into death traps. Well, and like being very obviously cardboard too. <laughs> <laughs> I will yeah. say something about um, the two most unique serials this season, uh, which I saw as the Keys of Marinus and the Edge of Destruction. I think we're going to get more episodes in future seasons that stray from uh, either the fight against the googly-eyed space monster or these historical or sometimes, you know, in the sense of the sensorites, alien political dramas <laughs> where, you know, where we're playing groups off against each other. Because really, those are the two main types of stories that the show has told so far. And I feel like The Keys of Marinus and The Edge of Destruction broke from that model. And mm -hmm. I appreciate that. I just didn't rank it very highly because I didn't like those serials as much. <laughs> yeah, and I predict you will be disappointed for a little while at least. That's my <laughs> sense. I oh, think dang. we're going to get plenty of googly, plenty of historical because like that's the cash cow they're milking right now. But, you know, maybe I'll be surprised. <laughs> well, moving on to our number seven episodes, and I ended up sticking Keys of Marinus in this slot. Same. Yeah. So, All yeah. Right. The thing All right. Not that far off. <laughs> yeah. 
So the thing with Keys of Marinus, as you were saying, yes, it is very... The, the quality of the parts differs greatly. Like the, um, the one with the brains in the jars, I absolutely love. Yeah. yeah. And others are just kind of... Uh, can we just go back to like? Can, can we just have four more episodes of brains in jars? Right. Yeah. I could have done without everything on those snow-capped peaks. Yeah, and you know things like that. It was just very um, the 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 quality varied greatly between the episodes. One of the things that was like with this episode that um, I wanted to mention at this point was that it was very much um, a failure too like in so many ways like the vord for example weren't they supposed to be like a recurring like enemy the the hope was for them to be the you know next daleks right and they were so bad and so like this episode (laughs) just completely like ruined a um, potential you know enemy by making them so bad so yeah that's definitely why it's number seven for me <laughs> all right so both of us put it at number seven and i have a feeling i know what you're going to say bay and i'm going to be very disappointed in you but you're up what's your number seven? Oh, you are because you know exactly what it is what is it shoni it's the edge of destruction isn't it of course it, it is oh, you monster i just <laughs> i just thought that it doesn't <laughs> there were there were so many there are so <laughs> many things in the edge of destruction i really liked the beginning of it and i thought that they flubbed the landing you you just never got past that spring <laughs> i couldn't get past the spring the spring really bothered me um and i i thought we were gonna get some like alien mind invasion type thing here uh and that would have been so much more interesting to me like the bit about the clocks not displaying right and i felt like they could have done that story differently and i would have enjoyed it more Mm -hmm. and i know that that's probably shawnee's number one really well, oh yeah. Well, I mean, I agree with That's you. That's my prediction. There could have, <laughs> they could have done a lot more with that episode. Um, it certainly wasn't what I expected it to be. Um, but after she stabbed the couch, like I don't know what I expected, right? So, like, <laughs> like, um, but yeah, like it could have been. I, I, there's a couple of directions that I thought they were going to go with it, and that could have been just like uh, outstanding. I still liked it, but not that much. Yeah, I mean, I you you know that I am very fond of that episode. Everything from you know Stu- Susan getting stab happy to um, melting clocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's it's a great bit of psychological horror there. But we'll see if Bay's prediction as to where I stuck it is true <laughs> or not. But we'll move on to number six. And this is where I think I am going to alienate quite a bit of our listeners because Uh this is where I ended up putting the Daleks. Oh, my God. Ooh. You are a harsh judge, my friend. Now, let me tell you, I was originally going to put the Daleks further down, but I had to bump it up a little bit because there were other things in the way down there at the bottom. uh, (laughs) And also... (laughs) 
Well, I mean, <laughs> really. But but also, just like from a cultural standpoint, I knew about the Daleks before I knew what Doctor Who was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're just everywhere. Yeah, and I know that I gave it, when we reviewed this story, a pretty enthusiastic thumbs up. But the more I think about it, the more I realize that if you had any other monster in this episode besides the Daleks, it's it would be pretty far down in everybody's list. I mean, come on, the ordeal was just... Ugh. While that's true, if they didn't have the Daleks, it wouldn't be yeah. the Daleks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a tautology, but but I do agree agree. There's some terrible pacing issues. Yeah, I mean, it just it it has that same sort of it, it's nation esque, just like the keys of Marinus. Yeah, it just the pacing issues. It it's definitely a classic, but that's simply because of the Daleks and not so much the story. And if I'm going to honestly judge it by the story and the presentation, I think all the, the, the other episodes above it are a bit better. So Andy, what did you end up sticking here in number six? This is where I put the reign of terror. And like I said before, Me too. only because only because of the animation, which I thought was just like captivating, like but having seen the, um, that, you know, had this watch reconstructions of the others from like telesnaps and stuff, which was, yeah. you know, not bad. But the animation was just oh, awesome. <laughs> this is showing my hand a little bit. The The historical episodes are easily my favorite uh, of of the Doctor Who episodes that we've we've seen. I am looking forward to future travels through history. And I I actually did like the Reign of Terror uh, for all of its its foibles, it was a little over long and that sort of thing. Um, but we got to see the the Doctor be a little bit conniving. It is also the weakest of the historical ones, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I didn't feel bad pushing it to the bottom. Okay, so both of you ended up sticking the Reign of Terror here in the number six slot. Well, moving up to number five then. Four and five were very difficult for me because I had two stories here that I really flipped between for this slot. And in the end, I decided, you know, I I figured I alienated the audience enough by putting (laughs) the Daleks down in number six. So I didn't want to push my luck. So I ended up sticking the Sensorites here Mm. in the number five slot. I enjoyed the Sensorites thoroughly. In fact, I remember saying that I thought it could use another episode or two to flesh things out more. I would have liked to have seen more of the Sensorites, um, despite their stupid, stupid faces. (laughs) And their bell-bottom feet. Yeah. But no, I, I enjoyed the story a lot more than I remembered enjoying it. I think that I had just... Between the first time I watched it and the second, I'd read so much on it and people's reactions to it and how much it's generally loathed that um, I was really pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed the story. The others, I think, I liked a bit more, but 
I think that this is the beginning of where I'd say, you know, are some pretty solid stories for this season. So, Andy, what did you end up sticking here in the number five slot? Edge of Destruction. Okay. This one's pretty close to the middle because, you know, I was very torn on it. I, I did really like how weird it was and where I thought it was going. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, the door opening with nothing being there, everything being kind of creepy, thinking something snuck in, you know, thinking about like alien mind control and like the TARDIS malfunctioning for the first time and like all of the crazy things that could go wrong with that and, you know, tear apart the space time continuum. Like my, my brain was on fire um, and it could have been so much more than a spring. <laughs> all right. Bay, what did you end up sticking in the number five slot? This is probably also alienating, but I stuck an unearthly child. Oh my in the number five slot monsters i listen i liked it again i as i mentioned the historical ones i rank very highly i just you gotta put them somewhere no i get it i get it um and it was a strong start i think uh but we had really great episodes this season and we had weaker ones and i feel like middle of the pack is is still good. It, it was really hard rearranging these guys mm-hmm. on the on the list. It's this season is very strong in my opinion. I think that there was o- only the Reign of Terror got a you know unqualified meh from me. Mm-hmm. There was there was nothing I hated. You know what yeah. I mean? I I appreciated at least part of all of the serials. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a really strong start. And re-listening to the episode that we recorded about An Unearthly Child, it, it made me realize how much I appreciated it. I, I, there are just four other ones above it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Well, Bay, I kind of agree with you because An Unearthly Child was my number four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I suspected that's where this was going. Yeah. <laughs> I had difficulty between choosing between this and the Sensorites for the number four slot, but really that first episode is a big part of what sealed the deal. Because the first episode of An Unearthly Child is one of the best half hours of television that Doctor Who has ever produced. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. The rest of it is good, but... I think that the overall story, you still have the the remaining three stories are still better, in my opinion. So I think this this is a pretty fair space for the uh, the caveman story. Andy, what did you put here in for? Uh, I put the Aztecs. I really liked it. The scheming and stuff was <laughs> was great. I really liked. I mean, once again, Barbara in a strong role. Gotta say, love you, Babs. i actually thought you were gonna put it at number one for that reason (laughs) the costumes were were great i found myself like really enjoying it um there were some neat kind of uh dilemmas with regarding human sacrifice and um you know some hilarious jokes about latoxel and the guy throwing himself (laughs) off of the (laughs) Uh, you know, voluntarily throwing himself off of the the side of the temple and the 
just hilarious pose that he makes, like Batman pose <laughs> that he makes before he does so. Um, yeah, I really like the, the perfect sac perfect sacrifice. Yeah, or whatever it was. All right, Bay. What did you uh, What did you put here? Number four. Much like uh, what you were saying earlier, Shawnee. You know, I I wanted to put it higher, but I just can't justify putting the Daleks any higher than this. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought parts of it were an ordeal. Um, I I definitely gave it bumped it up a, a few in the ranks because of the Daleks. I I just think that they're they're really interesting, and you got to give it up for them. They they saved the show. Yeah. All right. Well. Number three. Number three is where I ended up sticking Marco Polo. Nice. Nice. So Marco Polo is an extremely solid episode. Um, it, it's got the same sort of problem that you have with these seven parters where it could have been a little bit shorter, but it's still a very solid story. Everybody in the story was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, e- even the you know we got a lot of mileage out of the urine monkey. <laughs> so, <laughs> if we ever have T-shirts, that's definitely got to yeah. be one of them. <laughs> so yeah, it's just an all-around solid episode. It could even be higher if we could see the darn thing. Mm-hmm. But um, oh god, that would be so great! If they did an animated reconstruction of it, a la Reign of Terror, I would lose my mind. Yeah, well, I've I've heard rumors. Don't tease me. Although these rumors come up constantly, but there's been the latest set of rumors that somebody found a couple episodes oh. of it somewhere. But again, that happens every, you know, at least once a year that there are the rumors of they found Marco Polo and it hasn't happened yet. So take that with a grain of salt. But those rumors are popping up again. Yes. It is out there somewhere, and I want to see it yeah. so bad. And if it ever if it ever pops up, we're gonna have to do some kind of like live stream thing with, uh, you know, I don't know, Twitch or something. <laughs> <laughs> and there are some that I'm definitely looking forward to later because they found the episodes for some of them since the time I watched the reconstruction. Ooh. So there are a few stories that I only watched in reconstructed form that now exists say in their entirety oh wow that oh, i'm looking forward to when we get to the second doctor especially okay. one called the enemy of the world that i definitely i haven't gotten around to watching yet and i am definitely looking forward to seeing this one are you going to make us watch the reconstruction to no. you know, get the authentic feel <laughs> <laughs> no no if if it exists We'll watch it. If it exists in official animation, we'll watch it that way. I'm going to try to, you know, keep it away from the reconstructions whenever <laughs> possible. But eventually, um, we'll, we'll start getting into the reconstruction zone pretty heavily. Oh, wow. But yeah, Marco Polo is my number three. So... Uh, Andy, what do you have here for number three? This is where I ended up putting um, Unearthly Child um, only only because it's the first one. Um, I agree with the rest of the assessments. Um, I think the caveman stuff was pretty bad for the most part. I I don't even remember it as well as 
you know, probably either of you do. I remember, ah, I just, yeah, it was okay. But because it was the first and because it started so strong and held me captive in a surprising way, I put it at number three. Okay. Nice. And Bay, what do you have here in number three? So I realize now that I've placed the sensorites much higher than either of you. <laughs> I I like them. And you know, three? they're 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 a very different kind of alien. Um, I thought they were better than the Daleks. So uh, I mean, like, <laughs> it's. I think I was that a scoff or just like a choking <laughs> sound there? It was, yeah, it was definitely choking. Okay, <laughs> I think. Think think about it this way: the the Daleks themselves are better aliens than the Sensorites, right? But the episodes for the Sensorites tend to be more solid than the episodes of the Dalek serial. Yeah, I mean, I I could agree with that. Hmm. Well, I am the dumb one, <laughs> but I'm the Plus, dumber. I mean, one. I personally get a lot of mileage out of uh, referring to the. The sad sensorites and the fact that they can't close their eyes. <laughs> well, I, I did think that it was kind of interesting. You know, um, the Daleks are very much the stereotypical, you know, uh, aliens mm-hmm. bent on destruction. Um, they're, you know, bloodthirsty and they're, they're mm-hmm. out to get you. Uh, the sensorites are just so different mm-hmm. from yeah. depictions of, you know, like an alien culture. Um, they were a little bit too close to some of the human historical cultures, but I love that politics. Yeah. And I will say one of the things that I did like about the sensorites that I didn't give it enough credit for at the time was this is like the, this is certainly the first episode where there's like a very alien culture who is very suspicious of humans with a very good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought yeah. that was cool. It's fairly unique seeming at this time to have this very um, benevolent alien culture. Right. And it's like you, they have distinct personalities. It's, it's a very well thought out story. As I said, it, it needed more room to breathe. Mm. Even at six episodes, it needed more room to breathe. Something just occurred to me too. This is the only one of these serials on this whole list that we talked about that is explicitly in the future. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it kind of... Well, isn't the Daleks in the future, technically? Not necessarily. Oh, okay. We don't, we don't quite know where the Daleks or the Keys of Marinus are in time. Yeah, I mean, this is the um, first... The, the one where they give, you know, an explicit future date to... Right, because there's future humans and all that. Yeah. yeah, that's true. All right. Well, moving on to number two. And this is where I'm going to upset the apple cart and throw all of Bay's predictions out the window because <gasps> the edge of destruction is number two. No. What? <laughs> Bay, your pool. I kn- well, I, I was under the impression that the edge of destruction was within your top ten, which means that another episode or episode another serial within your top 10 uh, i mean the edge of destruction probably isn't within my top 10 of all doctor who it's definitely within my top 10 and maybe even within my top five of william hartnell stories Mm -hmm. but yeah there's another one here that does beat it out Wow! and yeah but the edge of destruction 
I think is great psychological horror. And when Doctor Who brings in horror, I mean, I'm already a huge horror fan, and I think Doctor Who does a good job with horror. And eventually, you know, it becomes, it goes through periods where it's a horror series, basically. And this is our first real horror one. I don't even mind the fact that it all comes down to a spring, because I think that the concept that everything is the TARDIS trying to communicate with them, I think it adds a huge dimension to the TARDIS. It, it's where, you know, later developments with the TARDIS begins. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm. Like, it is a being. That's a good point. And yeah, I could, I could definitely understand why people, some people would say that this story makes no sense whatsoever. I'm not one of those people. I absolutely love this one. But yeah, there's one that I like just a little bit more. I, I want you to know that I validate and appreciate your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't think the same of you. No, I'm just. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was a very good Hartnell impression. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andy, what do you have here at number two? Marco frickin' Polo. I <laughs> loved it. I don't, you know, it was just, it was, even though it was a reconstruction, you know, it was sumptuous. I had a great time. It dragged a little, of course, but there was like, there were good characters there the the set design even in like i say black and white telesnaps was just great i i had i just had a really good time and i i loved where it ended i loved um meeting kublai khan as like this old uh, old man and i loved his like crotch off with well oof maybe that's not crotchety off with the doctor (laughs) like they're bonding (laughs) as like grumpy old men and talking about which parts of their body hurt i loved it i just i loved marco polo and Bay, what do you have here in uh, your number two slot? Well, Andy, I also love Marco Polo, yes. but that's not what I no. put here. Okay, I put the Aztecs here. Nice, because I love Marco Polo that much. <laughs> the Aztecs is so good. We get to see Barbara being awesome. There's Latoxel just chewing the scenery left and right. Yeah, I I went to Mexico for the first time this last year and was thinking how cool some of these ruins there are. And it just is really strange to me that there's not more about the Aztecs and uh, Mayan people and and uh, early Americans uh, in popular culture. So I was just loving it. Um, I, I feel like uh, it was a great and imaginative story, and I love the you know, political drama um, and and getting Barbara to flex her muscles a little bit. Um, I had a great time. Well, moving on to our number ones. Uh, my number one, of course, is the Aztecs. Yeah. Nice. I haven't fully looked at how I would rank all of William Hartnell's episodes, but this one is at worst in the top three. Mm-hmm. It is just an absolutely fantastic story. Latoxel is wonderful. That is one of my favorite performances in all of Doctor Who. Barbara is fantastic. It is the perfect length for the story. There's less Susan. 
(laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was mean. Um, But yeah, no, this is... This is the, you know, hidden sort of gem in this season. Oh, and and Shawnee, I know that we were um, joking around the other day talking about the the 1960s sensibilities in the show. Uh, Mm -hmm. And one of the predictions I didn't bring up uh, was an evolving um, idea about femininity and the role of women and you know, who knows? Maybe one day the doctor will be a woman. <laughs> well, you can't be completely isolated. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, this is uh, really Barbara uh, stepping up. Babs, and- my girl. And I'm also going to point out that there's a lot of stories written by John Lucarati in our top six here mm-hmm. <laughs> so nice this story and marco polo are both you know fantastic and near the top with all of our lists mm-hmm. andy what did you put here for your number one well nerds and fans rejoice there is hope for you <laughs> there is a representative for you on this panel i'm gonna be basic <laughs> but i'm going with the daleks Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love them. Um, Yes, yes, of course. It dragged sometimes. Yes, of course. It, you know, it could have been better, but I loved the sets. I loved the creepy music. Uh, I mean, of course, they're an iconic villain that will return time and time again. Everybody in britain knows what the daleks look like at least mm-hmm. and um you know and there were even some even the parts where it dragged there were some funny misty style moments with manfredicus and and all and that slow the best character in the history of doctor yes, who yes so yeah <laughs> totally daleks all the way and well bay what do you have here i'd love it uh what what else can i say about marco polo that hasn't already been said um, it's just delicious. <laughs> I, I was a East Asian studies minor. Um, and so I was totally into the setting. We've got more politics going on. We've got just these wonderful, uh, sets and everything. I just, I really wish I could have seen the sword fights. Oh, Yeah. Um, you know, listening to them just isn't the same, but we've got even some pretty decent animations out there. There, there are a few, um, not really at the same level as the reign of terror, of course, but, uh, I don't know. I, I can't wait if they find this, I will be the first to watch it. Cause for me, this is the very best of what Dr. Who has to offer, at least what I've seen so far. So. Yeah, and without hardly any sci-fi weirdness, I also would like to, I, I for whatever reason, it was so good, the reconstruction, even with just the, the telescope, it wasn't until the sword fight that I was broken out of it. Like, I remember it as if it were in motion. And yeah, yeah so. And yeah, it's just, it's a fantastic story. And between this and the Daleks, I mean, John Lucarati, I'd say, is our writing MVP of this season. Absolutely. It's very, very good. I I would have... I, I can't tell. 
I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens uh, if somebody ever does put their hands on an episode or two. Um, I really want to see that sandstorm. Yeah. But I'm oh, a yeah, little bit great. afraid of seeing that sandstorm because it sounded so good. It really yeah. did. All right. So that is all of our episode rankings. So I guess um, what are your opinions on the season overall? Do we want to give it our thumbs up, meh, or thumbs down? <laughs> I think it's pretty clear yeah. where we all land on this season. I couldn't, but, yeah, uh, I couldn't give it anything else than a thumbs up. Yeah, of course. This is an absolute thumbs up of a season. Even the stories that were pretty low down on these lists, they still had some sort of redeeming quality to it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that I would say is, you know, in spite of people putting um, the Sensorites, I I think during the episode, I said that it was the lowest ranked story, William Hartnell story on a lot of polls. It's actually the second lowest Mm -hmm. ranked. And I know Bay and I both completely disagree with that. I still do. I mean, even though it was my least favorite of the season, like something's got to go at the bottom, right? And, yeah, you know, yeah. my reasoning behind that is in part whimsical because I just, you know, hated that they took my babs away. But, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I would never put it at like the bottom of an overall ranking or a hard mm-hmm. ranking. I, I can imagine there's probably worse to come. <laughs> <laughs> I I went into season two with joy, and um, I can only hope that uh, in all of our future seasons, we never have a thumbs down for the season mm-hmm. in review. Well, I think that's everything that I've got. So do you all have anything else you want to say before we close the book on season one of Doctor Who? I mean, I would just like to thank anybody who's listening to this for following along uh, thus far. It's been a pleasure to make and a pleasure to watch. And uh, I hope you stick with us. And, you know, definitely reiterating that. We hope that you've enjoyed coming on this season one journey with us. And I'm looking forward to seeing how you guys react to a few of the stories that are coming up in season two. I've had so much fun. Uh, going through this and uh, if you're new to who like I am uh, then I look forward to continuing on with you into a new season all right well thanks everybody for joining us and next time we'll be moving on to planet of giants and which we totally have not yet recorded an episode of no idea what's happening yep no idea so yeah (laughs) thanks (laughs) And we'll see you then. Uh, Please, you know, rate, subscribe, and share. Join us on Facebook. Join us on Twitter. And we'll see you next time. Have a good night, everyone.